That was like a brain fart put into an episode. Happy Wednesday, it's Jenna and Sophie, and this is the My 20-somethings podcast. We're back hitting you with another episode, and we've been waiting for this one all season long. For those of you who are new here, we're Jenna and Sophie. We are two 20-something best friends who started this podcast to create a community of those just figuring this all out. Every other week, we bring you advice, guest mentors, and personal anecdotes, so you never have to say, I wish I knew that in my 20s. We've spent the majority of this season so far bringing you our mentor's advice on what they wish they knew in their 20s and spoke ourselves on popular adulting tips like money management, job interviews, and finding yourself. However, we've yet to actually share some lessons that we wish we knew before we entered our 20s. And as we said in our very first episode, we always wish that we had a platform to connect with other 20-something-year-olds to open up about some of the topics that just aren't talked about enough and make us feel less alone on this very scary journey. So we started one ourselves, and this journey has been absolutely unforgettable. We've been so grateful to receive all of the amazing feedback and support from you guys, our listeners, thus far. To take things back to where it all began, we've compiled a list of all the things we wish someone would have told us before we turned 20, and we hope that we can continue to inspire our community out there and remind them that they are never alone. So without further ado, let's get into it. All right, let's get into it. We made this list a couple of weeks ago, and we returned back to it recently because we are so excited to share it with you. This is something we've been thinking about for quite a while now, and these are things that have truly impacted us throughout our lives, and we think they might affect you as well. So the first one on my list is that your high school friends aren't meant to be your lifelong friends, and that's okay. I don't know if Sophie can agree with this, but for me, I kind of had this unrealistic expectation my whole life that my friends that I make throughout high school, middle school, elementary school, all of the above, were supposed to be friends that I kept with me for my whole life, and if they weren't with me in later life, I had done something wrong. And I think that's a total misconception, and it ingrains in us that when we lose friends, you know, we aren't a good friend or we aren't someone who, you know, can keep people in their lives and that can be really detrimental to our self-esteem. For me personally, I was so confused why I couldn't get people to stick in my life and it's taken so long to realize, oh, people are supposed to be in my life for a reason, for a certain time and they're supposed to play a role, but no, not everyone needs to be with me for my whole life and that's fine. Yeah, you said that perfectly. And in a nutshell, like you go through so many changes and transitions from early elementary school to adulthood and people take different paths and where you had something in common with someone in high school. Now you can have totally different interests and you don't connect anymore. And like, that's okay. It's a lot of pressure to put onto a friendship to be like, we're going to be friends forever. And you're bonded to me. Like, right. That's called marriage friends. Mm-hmm. Right. But luckily, Jenna's my best friend and she's from high school. And I do hope that you will be in my life forever. So, yeah, we did get very lucky. And I know a lot of people aren't as fortunate to keep mm-hmm. friends beyond high school. But also, if you don't keep friends beyond high school, that doesn't mean that they weren't legitimate friends, nor does it mean that you weren't a good enough friend that you didn't, you know, keep those ties going throughout university and beyond. It just means that they served their purpose for you when they needed to. And now they're on doing that for somebody else. And that's amazing. And that's not something you have to regret. That is not something you have to have any guilt about. 
it's exactly what's supposed to happen. And I don't know why that isn't publicized more in mainstream media and just told to us throughout our lives. It's like the opposite. All the movies, all the stars are friends right. since childhood. So they since, set that expectation. Yeah. It's not real life. Who <laughs> tells us that? And why do they tell us that? Because all it's going to do is make it that we feel regret and we feel this pressure to keep these ties in our lives longer than they might necessarily should, like, might, longer than they should be in our lives. Absolutely. Well said, well said. Thank you. So the first one on my list is that no one cares about what you do as much as you think that they do. Mm -hmm. You're in your own head and all that you have is your own problems and your own decisions. So it's natural, especially when you're a child or like in your early teenhood when you're super or when you're more vulnerable and insecure that you think that they care as much. And I feel like our teacher said, our parents care, uh, said it all the time, they're more worried about what they're doing than what you're doing. And I think when you turn 20 and you get released into a much larger world, you start to realize how much of a dot you are and how you can have an impact within your community, but no one really cares. Oh yeah, I mean, I don't know what stage exactly we lose this quality, but when we are toddlers and we, mm-hmm. we you know, go to the supermarket in rain boots and a ballerina dress, we truly do not care what people think about us. And somehow along the way, we start realizing, oh my God, there's judgment, there's cliques, and it, we lose that amazing quality. And I think we actively have to work to get it back because you can tell the people that we look up to the most in this world are the people who really do what they want because they want to do it or because they see value in doing it, not because, you know, it looks good for them to do it, but because they wanted to do it and they don't care how everyone else is going to respond to their actions. Yeah. My favorite exercise, and I encourage you all to do it, is to write a letter to your past self. I on, I did this yesterday to my grade out eight self because I was dealing, that it was kind of transitional pivotal time in my life. I was dealing with some bullying. I was just not happy at all. And I wrote a letter to myself kind of reassuring no one cares. And also you end up like doing things that are very different from your friends right now. And some of them did not become the Kardashian level celebrities that you pin them out to be. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I encourage yourself to pick an age and write a letter to them. And then think about how your 30 year old self will be writing to you now. And it humbles you a little bit. I promise you that. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, everyone is constantly so concerned about you know, if I do this, oh my God, are they going to think about it for the rest of my life? And most likely they aren't even thinking about it in that moment. Most likely they are so concerned about how they look or, you know, what's going on in their lives that they don't even notice your presence. So as shitty Mm -hmm. as that sounds that you really don't matter, you really don't matter to a lot of other people. You matter to yourself and therefore you should be doing what you want to do and what makes you happy. Pinning it on to the first one, it just means you got to be your own best friend because you're all you got. Absolutely. You have to be your biggest cheerleader. And if you were your biggest cheerleader, you would tell yourself to go out and do all the things that you're too scared to do. Yeah. The next one on my list says that what you study in your undergraduate does not need to be your final career goal. It needs to be your interest right now. And oh boy, do I wish someone had told me that. Do I wish that I would have believed that when I had first started my post-secondary education? I was convinced that everything I needed to do needed to be the proper stepping stone leading up to this beautiful final life that I wanted to achieve. 
and that is so far from the truth, I can't even believe it. You do not need to know what you wanna do. You do not need to even have the littlest bit of direction. You just need to be doing what makes you happy in the moment. And as long as it's fueling you right now and it's giving you purpose and it's making you stronger as a person, giving you life skills, it's the right thing for you. There really is no next step that is the wrong step as long as it's a step. Yeah, I that was said beautifully. I think that the other thing is when you start to follow your passions and do things that you actually love, you start Mm -hmm. to realize how much you can actually be paid for them. And you're often quite surprised. When you're in school, you're taught accountant, doctor, scientist, lab tech, teacher. Like that, like, like, yeah, among others, those are kind of like an astronaut, sure, maybe, but you're not taught like the tiny little niches that you can get into and like capitalize on and actually turn your passion into a business. And that's a lot of what Jenna and I are learning. And like, when I was my mentor, Victoria Marshman, who was on the podcast last episode, started to kind of introduce me to this whole new world within marketing that I didn't know about when she was telling me like, the realities of how I can make this a career, my jaw hit the ground. You have no idea and people don't tell you that. So study what you like and the money will come. Look, if the pandemic has taught us anything, it's that you can plan till you're blue in the face. Mm -hmm. But what you think your life is going to be like is probably going to be a version, if not completely different than what is actually going to transpire. And so you can plan and you can say, I know exactly what I want to do. And I know every step from the point that I'm 20 to the point that I am 100. But most likely there are going to be things that come into your life that you aren't planning for that will change the game. And as long as you're able to adapt with that, you can be okay to have a plan, but you can also be okay if you say, I don't have a plan, but I'm doing what makes me happy in the moment. And that's all that I need to be a content, fulfilled person. My 40-year-old uncle told me he still doesn't know what he wants to do when he grows up. When he grows up, yeah. And most like some of the most successful people in the world will tell you I still don't know what I want to do because they're open to ideas and they're Mm -hmm. not pinpointing themselves or confining themselves to a path and being like that's it that's the direction there's no detours what I love about the new creative economy is that we are accepting what we should have accepted years ago which is that you do not need to have one career It's not Mm -hmm. that you need to pick what you want to do when you're 16 years old and do that for the rest of your life. We're accepting that we can have multiple different jobs and that doesn't mean you're indecisive or that you're untalented in your field. It means that you accept that we have so many life skills and so many different things we can bring to this world and we should give as much as we can when we can. So, so many people are buying into the idea that you can do so many different things and you should do what makes you happy right now and I think that's awesome. Incredible. Um, The next one on my list is the five by five rule is the key to life. And yes, that may be a little bit of an over-exaggeration, but bear with me. If you don't know what the five by five rule is, it's the concept that if something's not going to matter in five years, you shouldn't spend more than five minutes being upset about it given. Sometimes I'll give myself five hours or five days if it's really like nagging at me, but they're just saying, if it's not going to matter in five years, stop. Like Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. Take yourself out of the equation. And 
my therapist because guys I got a therapist my therapist woo, woo! <laughs> my therapist was explaining that when you're in a in a moment where you're upset or things feel super emotional your thinking brain your like logical brain like goes bye-bye says mm-hmm. peace dude and your emotional brain starts guiding your actions and that's why things can feel so much bigger than they actually are so like really let's say you get fired from your part-time job which is super emotional and really shitty and can hurt your Mm self-confidence. Is it really going to matter in five years that you got fired from McDonald's? Right. Probably not. Probably not, yeah. You're going to lose a little bit of money while you find a new job, but you're probably going to be like, shit, I don't really want to work here for the rest of my life. And if you do, kudos. Mm -hmm. And like, that's great. But same thing with a grade. If you get a 60% on an exam, is it going to matter in five years? Absolutely not. Like... That's the end of the day. So stop stop being upset about it. A lot of times I hear that people don't regret, you know, the mistakes that they made in their lives. It's more the, that they regret the amount of time that they spent worrying about those mistakes and, and sitting in that upsetness. And I think that's so valuable that you are entitled to your feelings and you are allowed to be upset. But it, you also don't need to give in to this idea of these negative things in your life deserve your time and energy. Yeah. They don't. The positive things are the things that you should be devoting all your energy towards. Mm -hmm. Feel your feelings, work through them. And move the hell on. And then move on. (laughs) Because it's not going to matter in five years. Just like those high school friends. They were great when you're in high school. mm -hmm. Five years down the line, you're going to have a whole new set of friends. You're going to have a whole new life. You might even, like, you'll have boyfriends and whatever. Like, it's Mm -hmm. just, it doesn't matter. If your life was a TV show that plot point had its episode it got its shining moment but we're on to a new season now so give something else it's time to shine nothing that happens in season one matters in season five guys come on have you watched Grey's Anatomy oh my god everyone forgets about season one they move on to the good stuff there you go so five by five (laughs) rule my friends write it down my next one is it is okay to move home after moving out and it is not going backwards And this is something I really, really had to teach myself because it didn't come naturally to feel this way. I think a lot of us feel, based on, you know, what people tell us and what we experience, what we consume from the media, that we are supposed to have a life of constantly moving forward. And we are supposed to have a life where the milestones come at certain checkpoints. And that is not how life goes. Not Life is not that linear. And so I think I personally felt a lot of regret or... Uh, even a bit of guilt when I moved home after living on my university campus because I felt like this is not where I'm supposed to be now. I see all these other people doing something else and therefore I am regressing or I, you know, am not achieving my full potential. And I had to really learn and I learned from a lot of amazing people around me that there is no one right way to live. If there was, It wouldn't be life. It wouldn't be this creative and innovative. It would be a science and life is not a science. And so I had to remind myself that I'm not going backwards. I'm allowed to stand still. I'm allowed to, you know, have new adventures and prioritize certain things that scare me over others. I'm sure Sophie can relate because Sophie recently also had to move home because of the pandemic. Yeah, I I moved home too. And and I paid rent. Like, I, Mm -hmm. I still had the potential to live not at home and I chose to come home and it does feel like you're taking a step backwards it does feel like at times you're reverting back to high school 
it doesn't anymore. I've worked some, worked it out with my parents here and there. But it, I, I think that the biggest tip that I would give to anyone, and honestly, if you haven't listened to our episode with the financial fortune teller, go listen to it because oh, it was a great she one. gives you. It was a great episode, and she gives you permission to live at home as long as you possibly can. A financially smartest decision you're gonna make. But second, it gives you space to pursue your passions, to actually prioritize yourself. You're not worrying for the most part about doing your own lawn, well, laundry you're doing. You're not worrying about doing the groceries. You're not worried about making sure that the house is clean or maintenance paying the bills, stuff, yeah. paying the bills. Like it gives you a space to really develop yourself. So mm-hmm. it's not moving backwards. It's not necessarily moving forwards, but it it's just okay. You know what? You have the rest of your life to Mm. live on your own and do all those really boring adulting things. So if you're in the right place in your life where you are welcomed back into your house and you feel safe in that home, 100% take advantage of that because you will miss it when it's done. And also enjoy the time with your parents while you can have this time with them. While you're not working full time or when you don't have your own kids who are nagging at you, like when it's still just you and your parents and you're a mature adult, you can build a friendship. Like my mom and I are best friends now. Fucking love my mom. Like we've actually been able to become friends. Yes. Maybe paint your walls. If it's still the hot pink that they were when you were eight years old, paint your walls, take Mm -hmm. down the posters, put something else new, make it a space for yourself where you can still be an adult. But then just enjoy it because it won't Mm. be here forever. You're not going to live in your parents' house forever. They'll kick you out, I promise. A hundred percent. When they want you to go, you'll know it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, my next one. And this was actually said, wow, I'm really doing some shameless plugs here. (laughs) This one was said in our previous episode by Danny Kagan. She said, and it just completely resonated with me. And she said, your ego doesn't serve you. And I added, but your instincts will guide you. And I think part of becoming 20s is, yes, maybe you're still dependent on your parents or living at home, but there is a cord that is cut and people aren't really making decisions for you anymore, but your ego starts to try and take things over. Like you're you're trying to show up big, you're trying to put on a show. Like girl, we all know, like all of us are young students. No one's no one's making a million dollars here. Like trying. Trying to, but like <laughs> your ego won't serve you. You can't pretend to you can't pretend to be someone that you're not showing up on social media a certain way or like acting a certain way but your instincts will guide you and following your intuition like following things that you like as opposed to letting your ego guide you to medical school when like you're like I really just hate studying this right Mm -hmm. those are kind of examples and I think you guys understand what I'm saying but if you allow your passions your intuition your instincts to guide you in your friendship career life and elsewhere and put your ego to the side and stop caring what other people are thinking about your decisions as a 20 year old, you are going to be not only happier, but significantly more successful. Mm -hmm. True, very true. My next one is something that I only learned recently and it blew my mind when I learned this and people finally, you know, brought me into this secret, which is that people around you, no matter how close you are to them, will lie to you about their accomplishments and make their lives seem more put together than they are. 
Nobody is perfect, though it may seem like that on social media or even to your face. And I had no idea this was a thing. I remember sitting in a lecture in I think my first year of university and someone had turned to me and said, what did you get on, you know, the exam? And I told the truth because I had no idea no one was not going to tell the truth. And it wasn't my favorite grade, but it, you know, it was okay. And the person then said, oh, okay. And, uh, but I got, you know, 10 points more than you. And I felt shitty. And I was like, how? I don't understand. I, I couldn't study anymore. I don't know what I'm doing wrong here. And finally, someone said to me, like, you realize they probably failed, right? And yeah. I didn't know that people will lie to you purely out of, you know, their own insecurities and trying to make you come down to their level because they're insecure. And I had no clue that was a thing. I had no clue that people spent the time, you know, developing these fabricated realities, but they do. And it 100% happens all the time, way more than you think it would. And I'm not suggesting that you go and start lying to their faces too, but acknowledge that there are you know, most likely extending what is the truth and just take everything people say with a grain of salt and know that what you're doing is what you're doing and you don't know what's really going on in other people's lives. So don't even bother trying to compare. Yeah. And and this is something I knew happened in, in job interviews. People do it because no one's going to fact check to you. Check, bleh, bleh, bleh. No one's going to fact check you. And I think that this is something that people take a while to understand. I think also, I, my mom always says this to me, you'll drive around and people are driving Audis and Mercedes and mm-hmm. I don't know why I keep doing car references. I'm, this may be my <laughs> second one. Or even like crazy, crazy brands of cars. Those people could be in severe debt. You don't know. It's all a facade and that's people totally play the game and the part and you know, it, you have to take everything with a grain of salt because one fact does not tell the whole story. Absolutely. The next one on my list, um, I guess this is kind of similar but different, is that, and this is something I really had to come to terms with, and this is that someone else's worth does not take away from your own. And learning to celebrate others' accomplishments without feeling worse about your own accomplishments is a really valuable and a necessary skill. Mm-hmm. I would, and I think it's almost biological because I'm not like this by nature, but I get threatened. I feel threatened by other women or by other people a lot. And I'm like, shoot, like now I'm less, which doesn't make any sense. I remember, I just know like in a work setting, If someone new comes on, I start to feel threatened. Like, what if they're going to be better than me? And what if they're going to be more successful or more liked? And And I'm like, yeah, like, I'm like, whoa, that is their success. And that's awesome. But just because people Mm -hmm. like them and they're awesome at their job does not mean that Mm -hmm. people aren't going to like me and I'm not going to be good at my job. Like, and I start to celebrate them. Just because they have talent doesn't mean you don't also. doesn't. Yeah. There's not this limited amount of goodness in the world and it's not divided among people. Everyone can have successes and someone succeeding doesn't mean that the other person must fail. Yeah, or learning that when your friend gets something that you really want, like a job that you really want, mm-hmm. or, or gets married or engaged and you're like, shoot, I really want that. Learn to celebrate that for them because it's going to come for you as well. But at the right time, or maybe it won't come for you and something better for Mm -hmm. you will come. And you just have to learn to celebrate 
and not take it personally because it's not personal. No, that's that's such a hard lesson and I commend you greatly for being able to realize that because I mean, 100% I can admit to when my friends, you know, have been going through a hard time or saying like, like, yeah, no, I'm just going through, you know, a low point or this hasn't been going my favor. It's been a really shitty week. Probably deep down if I've been like, oh, that's, you know, good because I was struggling. But as long as they're struggling too or, or as long as they're doing worse than me, I've completely had that. I'm sure so many people have and just won't admit it. But again, people's failure doesn't mean that we're doing better. People's success doesn't mean that we're doing worse. Our lives are so not comparable. And the more time you spend comparing them, the more time you're wasting your time that you could be devoting to doing amazing things. Yeah. So stop being threatened by other people because Absolutely. there's no correlation between what they're doing and what you're doing. It, it, life doesn't work like that. So stop right. and focus on yourself. These last two lead perfectly into my next one, which is that everyone has something going on inside, even if you can't see it from the outside. And I remember Sophie is raising her hands to the roof right now. I'm raising the roof. Can I get a hell yeah? 100%. My mom used to tell me this all the time, and I never fully grasped what it meant until recently. Because I would say, you know, oh, my life sucks. And look at this person doing this. And and this person has the most amazing life. And they're so awesome. And she would say to me, yeah, but you know, everyone has something. And I didn't know that what she was saying was, despite how perfect someone can make their life look, everyone goes through it. Everyone experiences mental health challenges, physical health challenges, everything. No one is an unflawed human being. Some people are just better at hiding it than others. And so you really have to realize that even people who you look at them and say, damn, I can't believe they're pretty smart and talented. They only get one. Yeah, but they also have other things that you probably don't know that really, you know, humanizes them and and brings them back down to earth. And just remembering that kind of makes you go through life a little bit more humble and a little bit more self-aware and empathetic about the rest of the people that you interact with on a daily basis. Remember that for every person that you think that way about, there's another person thinking that way about you, mm. right? right? And you, all you have to do is watch a celebrity documentary. Watch the Audrey Hepburn like documentary of her life. And mm. it's very different than what you've created in your mind about how she must have lived life and right. felt. Watch the Demi Lovato YouTube video that she put out about her struggles with fame and addiction. Mm -hmm. Everyone has someone. Just because they look like they have the world in the palm of their hand does not mean that they do. Absolutely. The people who you look up to, I guarantee it, say the same thing. Oh my God, this person's life is perfect about someone else. And then there are people out there who look up to you and say, oh my God, they are effortless. They're flawless. They have no concerns in the world. I'm sure, you know, they are always on cloud nine. And it's laughable to think that because no one is perfect. As cliche as that is. Grass is always greener on the other side. Always greener. True, true, true. Mm-hmm. The next one on my list, and I read this in a book. And I'm pretty sure, but not 100% sure, (laughs) fact check me, um, that it was the simple art of not giving a fuck. But it says that life is a series of problems and then learning to solve them. Mm -hmm. And when you realize and actually think about what life is, you're just solving problems. It's problem after problem after problem. 
and then solving it and getting through it and overcoming it. And as you get older, your problems start to get bigger and bigger Mm -hmm. and the solutions start to get more complicated. And it's life is a series of learning how to become a really awesome results, resourceful problem solver, working smarter and not harder and rolling with the punches. Mm -hmm. I can admit that when I was in elementary school, I had said before, I'm so excited to finally graduate and be done with school because that's when life gets easy. Because, you know, I was convinced that there were these milestones that you had to achieve and those were the problems. But then beyond that, it's smooth sailing. And that's not life. That's not how it works, unfortunately. And yeah, it's it's gave me a bit of a existential crisis when Sophie first said, you know, the rest (laughs) of your life, you will be solving problems. But you're going to get better and better at it. And like everything, practice makes perfect and you will develop these skills that will make you more resilient to tackle every problem with 110%. And you can't avoid problems in your life. So the more you learn to fail early, the more you will succeed later on. When you come to terms with this, and like like Jenna said, you have a little bit of an existential crisis when you first Mm -hmm. hear it. So we're telling you early. But when you come to terms with this and like admitting and accepting that the problems keep going. And even then, when you become a master problem solver, does your body start failing on you because of old age, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's just a series of problems. When you come to terms with this, it gets easier because you're in the right mindset and you see it as a challenge, not a problem. Right. This one is quick and easy. I won't spend much time explaining it because I feel like it speaks for itself. There is no right time to do things. You achieve your own milestones when you're ready. Society will tell you otherwise. They'll say you need to get your driver's license by 16. You know, you need to start booking your own doctor's appointments by 18. And they'll tell you when you're supposed to achieve things. But psychologists will tell you otherwise. There is no one point in time when you have to do something. You do it when you're ready. You do it when you've decided it's important for you to devote the time to doing it. Tell everyone else that they can back off and you're going to do everything that you need to do when it's right for you. The next one on my list is that, and this is a really important lesson to learn, I wish I had learned this way earlier, is that at a certain point, you need to stop looking from external approval, from approval from of others, and start making your own decisions regardless of, and I'm sorry, your parents, your family, or your friends entirely approve. Don't get me wrong. If you're like, I'm going to get my whole body covered in tattoos and your family's like, "Uh, excuse me. Okay, like that's a big change. But if you're like, okay, you know what? I want to go to Paris for two weeks and I don't really need to ask for approval from anyone. Go. Mm -hmm. Stop. Stop waiting for other people's approval because you're not going to get it. Everyone's a naysayer. Either they're jealous or they think that they know better. You need to carve your own experiences. Otherwise, you're living your life for someone else and you need to claim claim it as your own. You've given me literally the perfect segue into my next one because my next one is that you don't have to know everything because nobody knows everything. And I think that goes with yours because we believe in our lives that, you know, our parents and adults have the answers to life. And there's going to be this one moment when you realize, oh my God, nobody knows anything. And it's scary. That's another existential crisis in itself. It is so scary to realize that nobody has the answers and you've got to just realize nobody knows what they're doing. We are all just pretending. We are all just faking it till we make it. So the second I start allowing myself to do things because I want to or because 
I say so, the more you'll enjoy your life without fear. Thank the freaking Lord for Google. Because oh imagine God. how much harder life would have been without Google. What do you think they did? Like, I know that sounds stupid. But like I'm an encyclopedia. <laughs> okay, so if you're last one, we've made it to the end of our list. My last one is a little bit more emotional. And I think this one was a really hard one for me to accept. And it's that your passions change with time. And that things that are important to you at one stage of life may not be important to you at another stage. And for me, that was dance. And that's not to say that it's not important to me anymore. I love dance and I teach dance. And there's nothing that makes me happier than good vibes in a dance studio. Good vibes in a dance studio. Good vibes in a dance studio. <laughs> but I used to, it used to be my entire world. Like my entire world. And I would do nothing. I went to an academic school for dancers where I took every single possible course that I could and more. I danced competitively. I took opportunities to be in shows outside of school and dance competitions. And I taught and I did courses and I would go to the gym after being at the studio from literally three to nine and then be at the gym practicing from like 9.30 to 11.30. Like it was my life. And it was everything. And now I can hardly do a backbend because I haven't been practicing because I haven't made it my priority because I found other passions and it hurts. It breaks my heart because I'm like, I loved it so much. How did I let it go? And how did I lose touch with this community? But I'm learning love for it in a different way. And I'm also learning love for other things and that's okay. And maybe I'll find it again and love it in a whole other way again, but it's just, your passions ebb and flow and that's okay and sometimes you need to let go of something to discover something entirely new and really special as well we talked about this in our episode about Taoism, but basically i'm just going to sum up like the whole moral of this whole episode story which is that humans are constantly changing especially in your 20s your 20s are a time for evolution for growth for experimentation and that means that some things you're going to have to let go of and some things are going to have to stay in the past and be one version of you. But that also allows you to open up doors for another version of you. And the more you hide from change and fear change, the harder the transition is going to be. So accept that things are going to look different than they once did. And that's exactly what's supposed to happen. You're allowed to be scared of it, but you're also allowed to charge in full force and say, I'm ready for what the world is going to throw at me. That was so well said. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> so there you have it. That's that's the short list. Believe us, there's a whole lot of other things that we wish we knew before we turned 20. But, mm-hmm. you know, all we can do is work before our 30s, right? Absolutely. So um, we're not letting you go just yet because no. we like to end every episode. If you haven't listened so far, we'll, I'm going to say that again. We're not letting you go just yet. If you haven't been an avid listener of our podcast, you wouldn't know that we like to end almost every episode with a fun game segment. It's something that brings us a lot of joy, and we think it's fun because you can play along at home. So today's game segment is called Fact or Fiction, and these are some controversial things about being in your 20s that we are going to debate a little bit on, on whether they are true facts or whether they are complete and utter bullshit. The first one on our list is that being 20 is similar to what it's made out to be in the movies. Uh, 
Fiction. That was my fiction sound because a hundred percent the movies, the TV shows, the magazines, all of the above glorify your 20s, make it seem like this perfect time where you are finally doing exactly what you want to do. And no way, no how is that what life is like for at least the majority of 20 year olds. Your 20s are icky and sticky and gross and you are absolutely figuring things out the hard way by experimenting, by failing, by messing up, by losing jobs, losing friends, all the above. And it's not always fun, but it's an important step in your life. And if you take everything, you know, with uh, the attitude of it is what it is, then you can make it a really amazing time in your life that you're always going to remember. The only thing I'll add to that is the movies show highlights and the movies show action because, like, you don't want to sit there watching someone for three hours study a textbook about something they really don't care about, right? These are the realities of being in your 20s. You're doing a lot of figuring out how to pay taxes, learning how to invest money, studying, finding jobs, writing a million cover letters and resumes. They don't show that in the movies. Like, you're being in your 20s is so freaking boring, and then you have, like, one night of so much fun that, like, the movies make out to be your entire, like, experience, and no, it's it's freaking boring, so mm-hmm. it's not what it's made out to be. But okay. it's better, I think. Oh, ways. absolutely. Next factor, fiction. You get more confident as you get older. Thoughts? She's debating. She's heavily debating. <laughs> I, I think... I know the answer according to science. According to science, it's fact. It's absolutely fact. I think it kind of ebbs and flows. And I think, Mm -hmm. as I said earlier, when you are young and mindless and don't know, give a crap about what's going on around you, you are the most confident you will ever be in your life. But then, you know, something develops in your brain. You start realizing, oh, my God, people are looking at me. Oh, my God, I've got zits on my face. And you lose all the confidence you can. But then as you come into your own and you start realizing what I do doesn't matter and I'm truly just a dot in this never-ending universe, you kind of develop this attitude of who gives a crap again. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, according to science, it says that our confidence does increase with age and that we actually peak in terms of confidence past 50. So we've got a long way to go before we get to be our most confident selves. Those 50-plus-year-olds, like, they don't give a fuck. They've been through the ringer. Have you ever seen, like, an old person sitting in, like, a public park just, like, picking out their teeth or, like, (laughs) you know, making weird noises as they're moving around in their chair? They don't care. They're like, I've been on this earth too long to to think twice about what people think about me. I think that they just like, they don't care about trends. They don't care what's hip. They're like, you know what? I only have a certain amount of life left and I'm just gonna do what I want because I like it. And I think that's a lesson that we can all learn is to learn to try to do it earlier. But I think Mm -hmm. you just, there's a lot of insecurities, especially now with social media. So I think that it's fiction that when you turn 20, then your life's figured out and you love yourself and your body's the way that it's gonna be and you're happy with it and you wear the clothes that you always wanted to wear. I don't think that that's the case. I think that there's even more insecurities now because there's so much added pressure. And not only are you seeing your own world, you're seeing everybody else's world. And I think it's really hard to be confident when you're you're being fed all of this these highlights yeah all true the next one in your on the list is you have to exercise in your 20s oh i say um, fact you say fact mm-hmm. i say again the word that's confusing me there is you have to because i don't think you have to do anything in your 20s i mean i don't think it's a healthy lifestyle to sit on your couch all day and eat chips 
But I think you do you in your 20s, and I don't think you have to have an intense exercise regimen as long as you are doing what your body needs. So I still think, you know, get out every day and walk. Or I still think Mm -hmm. that you should do your best to move your body in some way, stretch your body in some way. And yes, I think exercising can be important, but I don't think what, you know, again, media has delivered to us as the necessary, you know, exercise regimen is right for everyone. And I don't think there's one type of diet. There's a whole list of those things that Mm -hmm. I think there are no absolutes in your 20s. And this kind of feeds into that. I think from my perspective, it's, I do not expect everyone to work out like a Victoria's Secret angel. Like, mm-hmm. absolutely not. But I think that at a certain point, it's about building a lifestyle. And I also think that it doesn't necessarily need to start in your 20s. It would be great if it did. But you can start your exercise journey or your health journey at any age in life. Any day does not need to be January 1st, any day. But I do think that if you start really great habits in your 20s, and I just know from personal experience of watching someone age what it does to your body if you don't build those habits and I think that's more of a fear of mine that it'll serve you well to feed your body and to treat Mm -hmm. it properly um, for yourself if you start those habits earlier it'll just make your life that much easier true all true okay next one you have to date in your 20s or you will end up alone Eh, big eh. there again we said this in our episode we talked about dating there is no right time to start dating there is no wrong time to start dating you do it when you're ready you do it when it feeds you when it when you get joy out of it and the more we stop pressuring each other and ourselves to again reach these dating milestones the more we will actually enjoy dating because it can be a really positive experience if done right date when the person is right not when you think you should because you've reached a certain age. I think I think you're just date when you're happy. Date when Absolutely. it feels right, when your heart is there. Don't date because you're like, shit, I'm 22 and I haven't had a boyfriend and all my friends are starting to get engaged. Mm-hmm. Like, don't do that. That's definitely not the right way to go. I think we also need to start remembering that there is such thing as dating yourself. Mm-hmm. And you can absolutely have a dating life and a life where you, you know, involves self-care in your dating life where you don't necessarily need another romantic partner absolutely the next one is staying in one place or plateauing is still progress absolutely Mm -hmm. i think we often confuse ourselves for sharks and there's this whole thing that if sharks don't go forwards or backwards they sink and they die (laughs) you're not the same as humans thank goodness we are absolutely allowed to stay in the same place it is still progress even if it's not you know notable progress If you are climbing up a ladder and you, you know, take a mini step or you readjust your position, you are still up on that ladder. You have not fallen down and that's important. I just want to give Jenna kudos for that incredible analogy with the shark Thank you so much. I think a therapist once told me that. Oh, not the shark one, the ladder one. Oh, I'm Um, thinking about the shark one. That was really great. I think about Finding Nemo a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Just keep swimming. Just Just I mean, I guess that's not the same as plateauing, but also a great life lesson. Yeah. Just keep going. Just keep Um, swimming even if it's in one place. Yeah, there you go. The last one on the list is at some point, it's going to be too late for skincare. No. No. A hundred percent you can do preventative things and you can start a skincare regimen early where, you know, you keep your skin youthful and glowy and people always recommend that, you know, starting all the products you can early and, and staying out of the sun as early as you can. But 
just like everything in life, there's never a too late. As long as you can devote enough time and energy to it, you can achieve whatever you want, no matter the age, no matter the time, 100%. Look, here's the thing. It's never going to be too late. But if you watch the Berenstein Bears, you should you should start using eye cream. Let me tell you. Right? What? If yes. that's, that's your, like, marker. Like, if you were young enough, or sorry, if you were old enough to have watched the Berenstein Bears as a kid, you should be using eye cream right now? Yeah, or if you were too old. You should be using eye cream. And let me tell you, there will come a point where it will be too late for SPF. Start wearing SPF now when you're young because that is, like, the number one. You can do the retinols. You can do the serums, cleanser, whatever. Fine. SPF now. Just just do it. Stop trying to be cool. I'm going to add something to your analogy and say that if you know what I'm saying when I'm talking about the Lunette the Clown floor clock stretch, mm-hmm. you should be using eye cream. You should be using eye cream and sunscreen. Absolutely. If you that, have a pig, you should be using sunscreen. That's like literally everyone on this earth. But yeah, everyone you should sunscreen. be using sunscreen. 100%. <laughs> we wrote a great blog post over on our website all about sunscreen, so check that out too. Yeah, Selfless plug. Go. Well, I liked that game. I did too. Very fun. So that is our list. That is our game segment. We hope that you related to some of our realizations we had today. And we hope that this helps remind you that everyone everywhere goes through this crazy, crazy time. And if we band together and open up about our insecurities, it can be a whole lot easier. Please, please, please remember that no matter what stage you are in life right now, you are exactly where you need to be. And you will get to where you're meant to go when the time is right. Just keep being you and just keep swimming. (laughs) We hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed recording it. If you did enjoy, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and give us a rating on all major streaming platforms. We love reading your reviews. We tell you and we mean it. We check those all the time as often as we can and it puts the biggest smile on our face and helps us know exactly what you want to hear from us. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and check out more exclusive content at www.my20somethingspodcast.com. We're wishing you all an awesome week. Remember to give yourself a little extra love today because you deserve it. You're an important member of our MTS community, and we are so glad to have you as a part of it. Stay happy and healthy. Until next time. Bye, guys.